0: Hello, welcome to Free Will Science and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with George Ortega, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the different types of freedoms that we're that we're talking about here. Because on this podcast, which is the Free Will Science and Religion podcast, obviously, um, we talk we're refuting libertarian free will. We're you know we are refuting this idea that we that we choose things ex nihilo you know that it's and that it's truly up to us which we know is impossible because either it had to do with prior causes which we which we believe George and I do or if somebody says that things happen for no reason as some free willists do that it's indeterministic how can that be up to us either because it's just random you know but What's confusing is that there's a lot of compatibilists who say that we have free will um, because if we're doing what we want to do. That's one form of compatibilism. They say, well, as long as you're doing what you want to do, then you're acting of your own free will. And then if somebody else makes you do something you don't want to do, well, then your will isn't free from them. But... I, I think the distinction needs to be made that your will is not free in either case because you can't will yourself to will something different than what you actually will. You, you, know, you can't like just d- change your desires um, in the way people might think you can. Um, but even if somebody tries to discuss the freedom to do what we want – I've come to a recent observation that we're not able to do what we want to be doing most of the time. And perhaps I could start out with some examples or if George would like to say something about it. Well, Chandler,
1: I just, that, you know, that's a great introduction. Um, I, I agree with you completely to begin with. You're right. I mean, there's, there's so much, you know, in, in life that, you know, it's not what we want to do. So like, yeah, um Start, you know, just list some of these things so so our audience gets an idea of like, you know, we're really not doing what what we want to do.
0: Yeah. Take, for example, the fact that, you know, we we live in a society filled with all kinds of people and we know that uh, we have to do certain things. Um, if we do something wrong that upsets somebody, they will punish us because they will get mad and blame us, you know, because they believe in free will. And so, and there's also the biggest example, though, that I think almost all adults can relate to is when you work your job, you don't work your job for the most part, just because you want to do it. No, it's because you need the money. You need the money to to buy food, pay your bills, have a place to live. And so it's not something that you are directly doing because you want. It's something that you have to do to survive. And that's a powerful example. Or, but we can relate this to people who don't work jobs yet. We can relate this to children who have to go to school. And they don't want it to go to school. Maybe there's a few of those those nerdy kids who like it, you know. And it it and I, with the right teachers and the right subjects, yeah, it can be fun. But I get the feeling that a lot of kids don't like going to school. No, they you know they would much rather be um, you know uh, playing playing outside or playing video games or you know or watching cartoons or something. You know they they it's it can't be that much fun to go to school. And when you look at how much of our time is spent going to school or working our jobs, you know, or sleeping, because it's annoying. We have to sleep for about eight hours, you know, because we get tired. (laughs) So these are a few examples about how um, we're not doing what we actually want to be doing most of the time. Instead, there's only narrow time frames between all these other things that other people make us do, and our bodies make us do. We have to eat. We have to drink. We have to sleep. You know, we have to go to the bathroom. And so, both internally, our biology and needs of the our bodies as well as externally from all the peer pressure you know, and society standards and laws that other humans impose on us, both of those are constraining us from doing what we want to do. So I think that even our freedom to do what we want to be doing is so limited and people need to realize this.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, it's so like, you know, if we take the average week um, work you know, um, work day, week, whatever, just, you know, um, Monday through Friday, you're right. We're starting out with like eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work. That's 16 hours. You're right. And you know, some people may enjoy their, their jobs and all, but I think they'd prefer to not have to work if, if they didn't have to, whatever, you know, it's not like they, they, they want to, you know, people not have to make a living and then, you know, you add to it. Well, then they go home and they've got to cook dinner and do the dishes and then do laundry and then do paperwork and then there's our social obligations we need to call somebody back or write somebody or um or just um you know there's and if, if you're a parent you know like a lot of times for example like you know as adults we wouldn't be maybe going to a circus or to the kind of movies that we take our kids to and stuff like that. So there's, you know, so you're right. I think like, you know, the 24 hours in in the, in the, in the, um, Monday through Friday days, then I would say at least, um, 18, 19, 20 of them were, were, were not doing what we really want to do. And then, yeah, fine. We get a bit of of a respite on the weekend you know, for those two days, but but you know, your point is very clear. I mean, like most I think of what we do in life, we do cause like, cause situations, you know, um, demand them of of it. It's not like we're, that we're doing what we actually wanted to do. It's like we're doing what we have to do because of our circumstances.
0: Yeah, it, it's very easy. I think George, what's good about this example is that everyone can relate to this cuz everybody can relate to that feeling of being relieved to get to get off work and being relieved that they're out of school or that they're done with their homework, you know, or you know, or here's another fine example is like you mentioned about parents, you know. Parenting isn't easy and and kids demand so much time from parents that I think people really don't appreciate, you know, the parents that stay home and and raise their children while while like cuz some some of them, you know, they have a spouse that's able to go out and work a job and earn the money, but they're at home with the kids all day, especially when the kids are young, you know. And people don't realize that that is just as much work, if not more, than the jobs people get paid for. And so somebody in, in that situation gets almost no time to do what they want and you know I used to um, I used to volunteer um, for respite night it was a thing this church the church was doing that I was a part of where you know um, we would play with the kids for three hours every fourth Saturday of the month you know just that means their parents got you know got free babysitting because a bunch of volunteers were playing with their kids and some of them were special needs kids you know but that's just a powerful thing, is you know. Parents don't get much time to do what they want, and so I think everyone will be able to relate to this because it it's an interesting question about. Think about it. Um, how in control are you if you only get maybe one hour in a day to do what you want, and think about where all your time goes.
1: I hear you. And, and you're right about like, you know, like with um, with housewives, you know, mothers who stay at home and take care of their kids. Actually, according to the research, I've done a lot of research on happiness, the happiness level of mothers with with young children, you know, actually declines a lot. You know, those first years are so demanding, you know, so tiring, so so much effort goes into it that, you know, clearly that it, it takes their toll. So, like, so you're right, like, you know, people have, you know, maybe one or two whatever hours a day. And what do they do? A lot of times they're so tired from the rest of what they um, are doing that they'll sit in front of a TV and watch TV. And, you know, according to the research, you know, they're not all that content watching TV a lot of times, you know, you know, between the, the commercials, which which now take up half the show a lot of times. And you know, like there was a research done a while back that showed that like the average mood of the average person watching the average sitcom television show was like mildly depressed. So, so obviously, like you know, it, for a lot of people, TV is or or the internet is, is you know something that they do, but you know you gotta wonder if it's really what they would rather be doing what they really want to do or if it's just like the best of of possible um, circumstances or situations. But again, you know, the, the stronger point, as you're saying, is like, you know, that may be like a few hours a day at most. So so like for compatibilists to assert that, you know, we have a free will because we're doing what we want to do. Well, you know, you know basically there's there's very uh, that, that's a small, very small segment of our lives.
0: Yeah. And when you look at it, if we were really as in control as a lot of people like to believe they are, we would not be that hindered. We would be doing what we want to do more of the time. And it also raises the question about, you know how we do things that we don't really want to do. Just because we have a sense of feeling like that we we should be doing them. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like um, you like, for example, you you want you want to watch a cartoon or play video games, but then you think, oh, well, I really should finish this book that I've been reading. I should you know, like you have like, you ever have that feeling like, oh, I should be doing something productive. Have you ever had that uh, nagging feeling like that?
1: It's it's a very common feeling and, and it reflects another reason why we don't have a free will that's, you know, somewhat a part of the from the compatibilist notion is that like we have this moral imperative, this imperative to do what we believe is the right thing to do. And and like for many of us, it's like, you know, our, our society is so dysfunctional. We go through our days, our weeks, our lives thinking that, you know, well, I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more. You know, a lot of people I've I've talked to people who, you know, can't sit down and do nothing. Can't sit down and be still and enjoy because they feel they're neglecting something. And so like, you know, you know, who knows how we got this this very dysfunctional sense of over responsibility. But but you're right. I mean, like this this drive to constantly doing what we feel we're supposed to be doing, you know, is, is pervasive. And yet another example of,
0: of why we don't have free will. Exactly. because if fi- you find that we have these feelings that there's certain things we should do. And so so much of that, of course, obviously, everything, comes from some prior causes people have told us certain things like people you know will say oh well you should be you should be informed in what's going on in 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 the world so so like for example i took that advice and i and i started reading newspapers and that was depressing that didn't help (laughs) you know um so yeah, I think that that it shows us we have all these feelings of things that we're supposed to do, but it's not um, something that we want to do. Which is like we feel like we're we like we should, and there that's what's weird about it is there's there has to be a point in which we truly enjoy something and enjoy something. Um, ju- that just brings us happiness doing it, but that isn't something that we ha- feel that we have we have to do that we have a duty to do it.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Um, and again, like we have this 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 powerful sense of, of 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 you know needing to do things that in a lot of cases we don't really need to do. You know, we just like you know. We, we construct our lives where we just like burden ourselves with things. And part of it is like, you know, we, we believe that we need a lot of things to be happy, <clears throat> to feel happy and to like, you know, that we really don't need. You know, we, we kind of like here, especially like in, in some poor countries, and that's a different case. I think, that you know, they, <clears throat> they're basically doing what they need to do to survive but in a lot of the richer countries we just like we just like fill our lives with just wanting more and more and again that that locks us into you know needing to do more and more that that prevents us from um, from doing what we truly want to do you know there's an expression that says well first the 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 person owns the the, the money and then the money owns the person Meaning that, you know, like when people make a lot of money and they like, let's say they buy an expensive house, an expensive car, well, all of a sudden, you know, there's a mortgage on that house and, and <clears> the <throat> expenses with the car and all. And they're locked into it. And so that they have to work to keep all that those things. So they become, in a sense, slaves to these objects, to these things that, that they've um, they've gotten. And it's, you know, it's just an, another example of all of a sudden. Wait a minute. Their life is really not theirs. They're not living a life based on, you know, a free will to do what they want. They're living a life based on this sense of, of responsibility, of, of, you know, having to kind of like, you know, conform to the life that they thought they, they, that would bring them happiness. And unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, more times that than not doesn't, that, that, uh, that compels them to do all these things they don't want to do. It, it's, it's pervasive.
0: Yeah. It is interesting because it's, it's like you said, people keep doing more and more and more and they're never satisfied.
1: Yeah. Um, so, all right. So like this, this, this notion of, of compatibilist free will that says like, you know, we have a free will when we do what we want to do. Um, you know, it just like it it fails because like, you know, because we're not doing what we want to do, but let's, let's, you know, as, as long as we're um, addressing this, let's, let's also take it a step further that, you know, we, Schopenhauer said this. Fine, we may do what we want to do sometimes as we're exploring, but we can't want to do what we want to do. In other words, like, you know, like, it's not our free will to want to, to want to, to like, you know, um, behave like, you know, to let, let the, um, let's say, you know, we want to like, um, eat, um, a delicious meal. Okay. And we, we, we might, you know, say this is an example of our free will, but why do we want to eat that delicious meal? Because, you know, that's, you know, this is a part of us, this, this desire, this craving, this whatever just comes to us. We're not freely willing it you know, or we might want to go to a movie, we might want to talk to a friend, We whatever it is we might want to do, you know, there are reasons, there are causes, there are drives that, that compel us to want those things, there are reasons, so so again, this this compatibilist notion of, you know, free will because we, we're doing what we want, not only does it fail because we're really not, you know, throughout most of our days as we're exploring today, you know, You know, so much of our days we're doing what we don't. But even when we are doing what we want to do, you know, it's not up to us. You know, we're doing things that we're compelled by our biology, by our environment, you know, by by how we're conditioned by society.
0: That's the whole point, because even though there are those times when we are doing what we want to do, it wasn't up to us that we ended up being the person who wanted to do it in the first place.
1: That's another point. Exactly. because, like you know, let's say yeah, let's say like by some kind of like strange magic, we were able to kind of like, you know, you know, want to want to do the things we want to do, whatever. You know, then you know again, we, we when when we explore for the most fundamental from the most fundamental aspect, did we create ourselves? Did we did we you know create ourselves to be the kind of people? Who, who, you know, who have whatever wants we want. And clearly, like, we, we didn't. It's like we're, we're, for example, a computer. A computer doesn't want to do anything. A computer is programmed to do what it does. <clears throat> Similarly, we're programmed to want what we want. We're programmed to want to want what we want. <laughs> so, like, you know, just, just the fact that we didn't create ourselves, you know, explains in another way why this notion of free will is just absurd, why why we simply don't have it and we, we can't have it.
0: Yeah, and here's another interesting case, Jordan, because we know that we're not able to just snap and change our desires anyway. We know we can't do that, but even if we could do that and say that people could change their food preferences and change their sexual preferences and change their religious beliefs just to snap in an instant, magically, it would still not be up to them because the, their decision to change it to a different thing, there would be a cause for that which was not up to them. And their initial desires they had at the time, which they did not like, weren't up to them either. So even if we had this type of magical ability, which would be pretty close to free will if we could actually change our desires to whatever we wanted, it would still we still would not be responsible for it even then.
1: Right. And that's why we say sometimes that the whole notion of free will is incoherent. You know, it's internally inconsistent. In other words, like it doesn't make sense. You know, if there's going to be a reason, let's let's take your example. So like we're given, you know, we all of a sudden like at any time in our life, we can want to think what we want. You know, we can want to like, you know, we can feel completely happy. Let's say we want to feel completely happy all the time very magically you know we're able to do that even that wouldn't be a free will because we're not responsible for wanting to to feel completely happy you know we're not responsible you know in other words like even if we had this 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 ability to just choose our thoughts completely on our own well we can't because like because there's reasons why we'd be choosing those and those reasons you know relate to our programming to our drives and, and, and we can't control those. In other words, like, and, and it's maybe more strongly, it's like what, what refutes that kind of free will is this principle of causality. So, you know, it, it, it's impossible to say that, well, we're, we're choosing to feel, for example, very happy all the time of our free will because there's a cause for our choosing that, and that there's a cause to, for that, and there's a cause for that, and this chain of cause and effect leading up to our successfully choosing to feel happy all the time, you know, these causes regress back to before we were even born. They regress, and and once the, the, this chain of cause and effect regresses back to before we were born, then clearly, clearly what's not in our control, what's not in our free will is making us... Then do things, you know, do whatever it is or feel whatever it is that we end up feeling.
0: Yeah. And that's the the key thing, because I would say that we would, by definition, love the ability to just make ourselves as happy as we want it. I mean, that would be awesome. I mean I, I have a feeling that we wouldn't even need to bother doing the show. We'd just be so blissed out if that were the case. It would even like that, you know, it still wouldn't be up to us that we were a biological creature that was programmed to want to be happy. <laughs> and I think the fact that we didn't create ourselves is a very powerful example. It's about, it's about authorship and realizing that none of us is actually the author of, of who we are or what we're doing.
1: Right. And more importantly, like you were saying before, we're not the authors of, of we're not the creators of ourselves. You know, like if we you know, we're going to like want to do what we want to do because that's our nature, because that's how we were created. You know, we're, we're created to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So if we choose and if we, you know, magically we're able to choose to quote unquote freely be happy all the time, even that wouldn't be free will, because like, again, we're we're were designed that way by nature, by this evolution, you know, by this process that that created us. So, you know, again, like, I mean, the, the concept, this notion of free will, is like, is mistaken on on so many levels. If if you if you concede compatibilism, as we were talking about before, then then you realize, wait a minute, like, so so little of our lives are really, you know involved in doing what we want to do. But if you take it further, like we've been more recently, well, we don't choose to want to do what we want to do. And, you know, we didn't, we don't create ourselves at all, you know, so again, the, the whole notion of free will is, is just so flawed, so failed, you know, and then, you know, that just leads to the question, how do people not get this? And again, we can't blame them. But, you know, it it seems so clear, you know, at least to you and me, to those of us who do this podcast, that free will is absolutely impossible. You have to kind of like wonder how some people are compelled to not be able to understand this this really relatively simple truth.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting because it's actually very simple once you understand it, because you know, it didn't take me that long to understand it once it was presented in the right way. Um, because some people, you know, they they are believing in a a type of free will that some compatibilist has used, and it's and it will be used in a sense of doing what you want. But I think what the conclusion that we're coming to is, first of all, our ability to do what we want is limited to a very limited time frame in each day and there's all sorts of other things that prevent us from doing what we actually want to do. You know, like we've used the example, well, we want to lose, we want to lose weight, but there's reasons we can't, we, we, you know, people would like to be able to believe certain things. They would like to be able to do certain things, but they just find that they can't do them, you know? So there's, there's so many limits on us doing what we want, but what we are trying to clarify to our audience, is that even if we were able to do what we want 100% of the time, it would still not be up to us that we wanted to do those things.
1: Yeah, and let's, let's go through it again. So, like, you know, we magically have this free will. We can do whatever we want any time of the day. We can feel however we want to feel. That's not free will. Why not? Because, like, of this principle of causality. In other words, there's a reason why we want to do what we end up doing and you know fine we're able to do it because we have this magical free will but we don't have this free will because like this chain of cause and effect in other words we want to feel happy and we're feeling happy but there's a cause for us feeling happy and there's a cause to that cause and there's that another you can't escape causality this this principle this law of cause and effect you know pertains to applies to everything we think, feel, say, and do. And, and if this chain of cause and effect is regressing back to before we were born, as I was saying before, that makes free will absolutely and irrevocably, I mean, like, it makes it completely impossible.
0: And you, here's an interesting thing, George. You know, I hear people, I've read this in books, I've heard people say this, that people act as if they have a free will. And I do, I disagree with it. I highly disagree with it because it, I, it doesn't even seem to make sense because um, we basically do um, for the most part to, to the extent that other people aren't stopping us we do what we want to do and very rarely if ever do we, at least as far in my life, do we deliberate about something? Like, should I do this or should I do that other thing? You know, it's, it's for me, I analyze it as, as simply we do these like little pro-con lists in our heads about the advantages of pleasure and pain, how these things are. But I view it as a math problem. I don't view it as some kind of 50-50 choice. Like, you know, should, when I wake up in the morning um, should should I be kind or mean should I be honest or a liar you know that doesn't happen
1: exactly and to the extent it, it, it might in certain cases you're right we don't act as if we had free will we act you know as if we you know understand that certain choices have consequences like if we do one thing you know we expect that a certain thing with hat will happen Whereas if we do the exact opposite, we expect that something else will happen. So we act not according to this, like, as if we had a free will. We act according to our understanding that actions have consequences, that what we do will, you know, we predict will will lead to a certain outcome.
0: Yeah, and here's the interesting thing about it, George. When we try to do something while believing it will have a certain outcome, and then it actually causes a different outcome that's the opposite of what we wanted. We say, oh, I did the wrong thing. I made a mistake because this did not achieve the outcome I intended. And so it's a wrong in the sense of being incorrect from what we intended to do. You know, the effect...
1: Okay, Chandler, I see we're running out of time, so I guess we we need to wrap this up.
0: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Okay, you've been listening to Free Will, Science and Religion with Chandler Klebs and George Ortega, and it's been a really good talk, you know, um, a comparison between compatibilist type of freedom of doing what we want and the libertarian free will, which we understand we can't have because we're not the true author or the self-causer of anything we do. It's all about causality. So yeah, um, I think this has been a good episode and hopefully you've learned something. Uh, Thank you for listening and goodbye.